So this morning we begin a new series called Stories. Over the next six weeks, including this morning, different staff members, pastors, elders are going to be, leadership from the church here are going to be coming up as we're doing this morning and sharing their story, talking about their journey, how they got to where they are right now. And not just spiritually, in fact, it's not just about spiritual things, it's, it's about natural things, because the two aren't separate. Um, so often we have, we're guilty of separating our natural life and responsibilities and career and friendships from our spiritual life, primarily going to church and correcting our behavior and maybe reading the Bible and... You know, and we, you know, it's kind of like this auditorium is in two separate sections this morning. But God doesn't see it that way. They're not separate. They're very married. And so when we talk about our journey, it's not like, well, God was with us when we found the church. And God's with us when we read our Bible. And God's with us when I pray. Or with me when I pray. But when I go to work, he sort of stays home or he goes to church to the church building and waits for me to get back and it's really not that way and so over these six weeks these uh, leader types uh, are going to come and very transparently sort of regurgitate and exhale right in front of you and, and if they didn't know they were going to do that, you do now. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to start. We're, we're going first. And so we've entitled our time of sharing today, Differences. And what we want to do is talk about, the, um, about how the Lord has helped us, taught us to celebrate our differences as a couple. You know, I think that's a funny title. I'm not sure I celebrate it yet, but I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> Amen. We're all at different places in our journey. Amen. And uh, Barb, would you please uh, ask? Um, would you please ask Bruce if he would find the shark vacuum, please? Oh no! He, he knows exactly. Oh, no. He knows what one that is. Course, I need the I shark one, not just I, anyone. I, I of course don't know everything he's going to say no. yet. So no. I no no so. we 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 never divulge that. <laughs> yes. So we're not only are you in for whatever. So you know one of the other thoughts too here is that uh, sometimes we think that you know leaders have it better, have it good. You know maybe they don't you know, have to walk by faith just because they have leadership titles or whatever. Somehow they, maybe, I know nobody here thinks we have it all together. That's already established. But sometimes you think leaders have it all together, right? <laughs> but uh, the fact is, is we all have real life to deal with. So that's kind of what we want to talk about today. Are we rolling back there? Yeah. All right. Well, so we want to start with, uh, maybe you saw Marissa's been doing such an awesome job posting on Facebook and keeping Genesis out there for everybody to see. And she posted some of our lifetime pictures that we're going to show you here today. And I thought I'd just give you a little tidbit about them and where we were. So guys, first photo. That's Jeff and Nina. <laughs> 1977. Can you believe it? 
This was our engagement picture. Can we turn off a few more of those uh, lights <laughs> that I designated there? That uh, those side ones. Yeah, good, perfect. Yes, he was but a child. I, I am older than him. Oh wow! <laughs> and and the scarf thing that was very in in those days. I just want you to know. And that shirt was one of my favorite shirts. I think that's like a penguin walking down the street or something. I don't know. Okay, next picture. <laughs> And there's our, but he's still a child and getting wow. married picture. Wow, that's a peach colored tux, I'll have you know. Yeah. Peach was in. Peach Woo. was in. I wouldn't be Avocado caught. Avocado green was in. I wouldn't be caught Brown, dead. Browns were in. In that tux today. <laughs> and I was, from, being from Houston, everybody thought, oh, how perfect you have a Southern Belle hat on. Okay, next picture. Wherever, whichever, I don't remember what it's going to be. We have to see it. Oh, that's the pregnant picture. So our dresses were much different than what you young women do today. We had the big things that ballooned out everywhere, supposedly hiding the belly, which didn't hide a thing, of course. So anyway, there we are looking all angelic. Next picture. And that's when Lisa was just about to turn to... <laughs> So I know that that's 1981 in May, and um, in that picture I was pregnant, and shortly thereafter I had a miscarriage. Just wanted to mention that to you as part of our life. And you know, I, I wanted to tell you that what happened, you know, I don't know exactly how Jeff dealt with that. I mean, it was sad, and, and I remember we went to church that Sunday. We didn't stay home, we went to church. Well, we were associate pastors at a church, and. We went, but I remember, I'm sure it was all over my face, my sadness, I felt depressed. But here's the thing I wanted to mention about it, is while we were in worship, all of that sadness and depression fell off of me in the presence of God, and in the corporate presence of God. And I can't tell you how many times over the years, I can remember at least two more for sure, specific times coming into a church service and feeling down and out and, and like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with life. And as I lifted my hands and worshiped in the corporate presence, you know, of the Lord, when we come together, there's a corporate presence that's different. And just the Lord would speak to me. Uh, I remember a time, well, I, the <clears throat> two times I remember were because I was upset with him. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> but I remember that forgiveness came flooding into my heart for him, letting go of how the hurt and the madness that I felt as I came in and worshiped. And so... I wanted to mention that because this picture made me think of that. I uh, had an initial sense of overwhelming loss. I believed that that was my boy. And I wanted a boy and I wanted a girl. And um, because of our involvement in ministry and our schedule, we were so busy. Um, I got a vasectomy quite early in uh, our relationship because... Talked when, about when Lisa was going into school. That's yeah, when that happened. Yeah, ag agreed that we weren't going to uh, try to have any more children. But I always looked back on that incident of the miscarriage as um, me losing my boy. So, and it, I, I'm not sure it's a wound that's completely healed today. It, it, it's helpful to have relationships with other men. And I've always treasured relationships with younger men that, that I can pour myself into. I appreciate that, but I think maybe on a practical basis, I've substituted the love of my little Lhasa Apsa. And now Shih Tzus. And, and, and now my little Shih Tzu boy. 
So we, we have a boy and we have a girl, Shisu, and we had a boy and a girl, Lhasa, and so that. So. Yes, there's, those are Lisa's brothers and sisters. Moving right along, next picture. <laughs> that was our first professional picture for ministry. That would have been about... 1982-ish, when we started what was first called North Christian Fellowship. It was located at Westview Elementary School starting in August of 1982. We then moved into a little building on Quivis, and then eventually into 120th in Washington. You know the CSL Plasma building. That was where our church was. We had up to 300 members in that church. Over the span of time of that uh, iteration of the church, it was about 200 as on average. And we believe that Genesis, that church, when we, we moved to Tulsa in 1995 to go to work for our home organization, Faith Christian Fellowship, and uh, turned that church over to our associate pastors at the time, and it, which eventually merged into another church. And we believe that Genesis is a continuation of the initial vision that God gave us in 1982 to come north and start the church. So anyway, that was our first professional picture for that. I was finally wearing makeup. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I've wow. gone through a, an improvement, uh, an improvement course. How about, how about that beard and mustache I used to sport, huh? Oh, yeah. What, now, wait, I forgot maybe, to mention the Amish era, which was a, obvious in the yeah, picture that, before. Yeah, that was the previous Yeah, picture. that was the Amish era. I believe yeah. we need to bring that back. Oh, praise God. Okay, next picture. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this, that's right. He thought it would make him look older. That's exactly what it was. Back when he was so young. Now you don't need that, honey. No. no. <laughs> you've, got, you've got sprinkling no. in your hair. No. Okay. 1993. It was a uh, wedding marriage rededication. Up there is Pastor Mark Miller, who is still on our board of directors. We've known him for 40 years. Pastor uh, Rob Morrison of Faith, uh, Bible, Faith Bible Chapel. Chapel. Yeah. Pastor Lou Montecavo of Redeemer walked me down the aisle. And my husband, who is a grand master of romantic gestures, and this is true, uh, planned this as a total surprise to me. We, uh, we had talked about having a marriage rededication. We had looked at rings, but we just couldn't pull it together. And all of a sudden, several Pastor Earl was in town and his wife and uh, one of the ladies of the church. We all went shopping that afternoon, and they had me. They, we went into this specialized shop at Westminster Mall, which is no longer exists, where they had all these nice gowns. And we were all trying them on, and they were bringing dresses in for me to try. And I'm like, what? You know, okay, fine. Well, if this is what y'all want, we're doing this for you, for Christine. And, and then we went to J.C. Penney's, and, oh, let's go get our hair done. And so pretty soon they were getting my hair done. And I'm going, what is going on? At this point now, I'm totally suspicious and going, what is happening? Not suspicious. Suspicious, but it's like obvious something's happening, but I had no clue what. Some of you were there. Were you there, Linda? Bob? Yeah, yeah. Of course, Vi was there. Stacy was there. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Barb, wherever she is, she was there when this happened. So what's happening right here is that he gave me this ring. And so I, it is a ring we had chosen together, and we had put it on layaway, and he had said, you know, I don't think we can afford this, and we're going to have to take it out of layaway, so I had no clue. And so when he put this ring on my finger, I kind of went, ooh, like that. Well, pretty soon we were all laughing, and that's what's happening right there, is I'm enjoying out of this whole thing, getting the ring. Okay. <laughs> all right, next picture. And this is obviously our life today. As you can recognize, that's us today. And that's how life is, Jeff the Jokester Corson. There's one of my kids. <laughs> in the corner. In the lower right. 
<laughs> so that's a little history there. Yeah. Your turn. That's awesome. May I have that, Barb? Oh, no. I'm afraid, very afraid, what he's going to say. By the way, I'm just hoping, I was going to mention, I was hoping, dear, that we're going to still like each other after this morning's over. <laughs> so, um, this, and I have to stay within camera shot here, this is a uh, shark rocket duo clean vacuum. Something you should know about me is I never buy anything without doing a lot of research and comparison shopping and I, I read reviews and I'll go someplace if I can and try it or test it or drive it or so I did that with this vacuum and uh, one of the beautiful things about this vacuum the reason they call it duo clean is the brush on the front the roller on the front and in addition to the brush which is great for wood floors and our house has all wood floors well the other great thing about it is this uh, head here releases off of here okay so it becomes modular and that means the motor is all here, so is the dust cup, and so I can He'd use He'd make a good salesman, wouldn't he? See. Now, here's what I wanted to show you, though. Okay. How many of you vacuum your vacuum? What in the world is he going to say? How many of you... <laughs> How many of you vacuum your vacuum? You vacuum our bathroom. I don't vacuum our bathroom. See, when I, and I'm not going to release this, I don't, well, I can, there's not much in it, but this, this releases, okay, and you dump all the dust out, but then I just can't stand that the rest of that, and this would be typical, remains in there. That, that's not acceptable. You, 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 you totally understand, don't you? See, you get me. Now, and, and so, and now listen, listen, it, it's not just cleaning it up, but I know, see, and there, uh, in everything that I dis display OCD or d tendencies towards control or perfectionism, <laughs> I can explain all of it. Because I know that if this little rubber seal here is dirty and grimy, that it's not going to seal well, and I'm going to lose suction. Oh, yeah. See, we all, yeah, pastor, that's right. And that makes sense. Now I'm going to start clean vacuuming my vacuum. No, but see, here's the deal. Nina would never vacuum her vacuum. And that's just a difference. It's not entirely true. Yeah, but so what would happen is <laughs> these are the little things that I just think about. They just occurred to me. I didn't read that somewhere. I just, it occurred to me. First of all, I don't like it remaining dirty. But secondly, that's not going to seal well if it gets too dirty. It just, it's going to lose suction, and that's the whole idea of a vacuum is strong suction. 
But see, that's a difference now because... Does anybody else think like that? <laughs> One, two, three, four, well, see, five, we, six. We All have, right. We have a visitor this morning even that thinks like that. See. So I, I am not alone, but I am in the shadows. Now, here, here's the story behind this. Is earlier in my marriage, it was a mission... For yes. me to convince her yes. and yes. teach her yes. and train her. Called hell on earth. To, to value, not just do it. You can teach any monkey to, to slide the fader, to clean the vacuum. You know what I mean? I, I wanted her to value the reason I do it. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. That's my point. See, guys, never or gals who are maybe married to a woman who, or man, excuse me. Well, today it would be. Uh, but yeah, your spouse doesn't, uh, you know. And so I, I, I learned that God actually brings us a spouse who will never be just like you who will never not be different than you. And it is not your mission to change. He is publicly saying this. I, maybe I can... Okay. It is not your mission to change them. But, and this is our story, this is part of our story and where we've come from and what we've learned and that's brought us peace and joy and ability to kiss each other still and say goodnight <laughs> in a civilized way. Speaking of kissing each other still and saying goodnight. We celebrate our differences, don't we? Oh, yes, honey. <laughs> I especially celebrate them now that you haven't made it a mission. You've no longer made it a mission to... Make me be like you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so, <laughs> but I do appreciate your detail. I just want you to do the detail. It makes it, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Just don't make me do the detail. Right. But I, sometimes right. I go to him and say, you know, you would be much better at this than I am. And it's the truth. I mean, I get it that he'd be much better at it, but I just don't have the perseverance or the stamina or the mindset or the any, it just drives me, too many details drive me crazy. Although, for instance, I love that he does the research on stuff, but I go to research on the internet, I get about to the third site, and I am so done. I just can't do any more. I may not have gotten anything out of those three sites, but he can actually find the answers. And I, and I am great. So, so kind of the, one of the things we've come up with is we kind of, instead of trying to do everything together, he kind of has his uns we don't have a written list or anything. I've never really discussed it. We kind of have an unspoken list of the stuff he does and an unspoken list of the stuff I do. And we may overlap sometimes, but it works. It works, praise God. <clears throat> so so um, this is just a little, you'll appreciate, remember him sticking his tongue out. So since you were talking about going to sleep at night, oh. I, I thought I'd mention that, <clears throat> well... You all have noticed that he has very sensitive hearing. And that's why, of course, when he's 
sound people when he's up here speaking and he's saying, you know, change this, change that with the sound. Because if it were me, I'd be up here going, I can't even hear it. But he can hear these differences and these slight differences. And he's also a light sleeper, unfortunately. And I, when I'm sleeping, am a very heavy sleeper. I don't hear rain. I don't hear dogs wanting to go out. I don't hear anything once I'm asleep, but not him. And unfortunately, I am going to just admit it, was the first one to start snoring. And so when the snoring started uh, a few years ago, he would, of course, tap me on the shoulder, roll over, roll over. Okay, and I was like, what, what? I roll over. Okay, of course, eventually you go back. If for any of you who snore, you know this, right? And you go back, roll over. Well, so then he got tired of thinking that, of doing that, thinking that maybe there was some other way he could get me to get the point. I mean, how do you get the point when you're sleeping, right? Right, okay, but anyway, so he used to have a, a, a phone that had a stylus in it. You know, those styluses are kind of like a little pointer or a little pencil kind of thing. So he'd get this stylus. I don't know what all you did. I was sleeping. <laughs> but he would rub it on my nose. <laughs> and then I didn't get it. I didn't know he was doing that. So then he started putting it up my nose. <laughs> this is our story. This is us. This is us. I remember waking up going, what are you doing? And then realizing what he was doing and just cracking up laughing, going, I don't believe you just did that. What is wrong with you? <laughs> he was trying. So for a while, he went and started sleeping in the other bedroom just so that he could get sleep. You know, you wonder about this thing of can you always be, is there something wrong with not being in the same bed? But, you know, he had to get some sleep. I, and, you know, and it was okay. And at least we both got some good sleep. But I just want you to know it's all rectified. He's back in the same bed with me now. I don't, he still, he puts up, now he puts up pillows in between us trying to block the sound. And he, you all have heard him talk about putting on his, um, putting on, uh, a speaker like, like say, Creflo Dollar and putting it under his pillow and, and uh, so he can listen to that rather than... <laughs> yeah, it goes under my pillow and I can hear it through the pillow. Well, one of the things about that that you um, didn't share. So this developed, this developed to a place where I, nothing really was working and I was having fun. And of course, she wasn't believing me that she was snoring and snoring as loud as she was. So I recorded it <laughs> and I'd play it back for her. So but one, one night, she sleeps with little pillows. Little, yeah, so ever since she was a little girl, she's always had little pillows, and now she has like five, six, seven of them. And uh, so Four. I... I, I took one well, of those. multiplied. It started out as two. It's now up to four. So she was snoring one night. I mean, she was working it. And I couldn't sleep, and it was so loud, and it was so, and I didn't know what to do. And um, my phone, this phone doesn't have a stylus, and so <laughs> I took one of her little pillows, and I reached over, and she was on her back, and I reached over and held it above her face and dropped it. <laughs> she kept snoring. <laughs> See what I live with? <laughs> so I picked the pillow up and I raised it a little higher. And I dropped it. She kept snoring. 
I got that thing up to where I was sitting up, standing up, and, and, and dropped it. And finally, she woke up. And I don't know what I did. Yeah. I don't know. I it don't hasn't stopped anything, though. But no. No. And, yeah. and I just want to add, he doesn't believe it, but he snores, too. Yeah. And, yeah, so... But I can sleep through it, unlike you can't, because I'm the one who sleeps hard. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dude. I love you. Oh, this is good. This is really good. Do you have another set? Well, so when, one of the things that we had to learn to celebrate, that I particularly had to learn to celebrate, was the difference in uh, how much I didn't talk. Uh, I, I was not as you know me. Um, and especially early in our life, before I developed a pulpit ministry and was called, called to the, I was called to the ministry, but we weren't pastoring a church and so forth. And, um, and, we, and, and when we would drive to and from church for 20 minutes, I would talk the entire way there and the entire way yeah. back. So she, <laughs> she could talk. She and could. when we would go to people's houses for dinner? She could really talk. <clears throat> instead, of, instead of going and visiting with people, he'd get the newspaper and go sit on the couch and read the newspaper while I would be visiting with him. <laughs> We're revealing all of our wonderful selves. Have you ever gone to a good friend's house? Maybe they're making the meal. She's talking. After and all. so I just went, I'd get, check the Sunday paper. You know, I'd want to see. That's not, that's not cool, huh? <laughs> now I don't do that anymore but I, I, there was a time way back I mean we were in our 20s so uh, one time we, we drove to Tulsa and um, as God is my witness no. No. we left Denver got, no. a, got on the outskirts of Denver and uh, she started talking and it, it takes nine hours. I think it was more like 12. 12 hours. It's like nine, nine or ten to get to Albuquerque and another maybe four to get to Tulsa. So anyway, um, uh, she talked all the way there. You were such a good listener. <laughs> and, and I mentioned it to her when, when we pulled up and stopped. I don't remember. I don't I thought, think so. You know, that's, that's not possible. That's, that's not human. I mean, may I, I prayed, does she need deliverance from a demon? Or I, I didn't know. You did not. But here's the deal. Now, in celebrating our differences, what we've learned is I've learned to be more open, outgoing, gregarious, to insert myself into the conversation, even if I don't really feel like I have something to say or don't understand the topic. And she's learned to dial down the talking and to be more socially responsible with that as well, or completely like leave me alone at certain times when uh, she just knows not to engage with me that way. And so I think maybe the last trip... I was going to say, yeah, now on driving long, trips, I just sleep. You she know, just so there to you sleep. Go. That solves it. <laughs> so I can put on my headphones. Because, see, that would have been disrespectful. See, before, you wouldn't put on your headphones while somebody was talking. Or read the newspaper while somebody was, you know, at somebody's house. You wouldn't do that. But, well, hopefully. so now she goes to sleep and I can. 
hopefully we've both matured a little bit in yeah. this realm. So yeah. neither one of us are rude in either of our extremities yeah. of not talking or talking, talking too much. Talking too much. Yeah. Yeah. I but don't know. You all will have to tell <clears throat> us sometime how we're doing. Yeah, that's, that's part of our journey. That's, that's nice. one of the things we really <laughs> had to learn uh, to deal with and, and to help each other with and so forth. Uh, the logic versus the emotional. Um, it's very hard, especially when you're young in ministry and, uh, and or young in marriage, to um, understand the difference of how men and women are wired. At least um, usually speaking, yeah. This, the, this is a broad blanket kind of thing, but you'll probably identify, and most of the material written and seminars given are all along the basis that the female is more emotional and the male is more logical in the presentation. So um, I, I tend to have to think before I think about something and think it through and have an intelligent answer before I speak. That was always a big deal to me. And so that was part of my quietness. I was very quiet. My mom would ask, does he ever speak? Does he ever talk to you? He'd say, say to Nina, because I, you know, I would never talk. Never say a word in the car. Yeah. So, um, because I'm always processing and I'm logically thinking and I'm planning and so forth. So I, I had to learn though that for my wife, she processed her thoughts. She processed By talking. her choices and decisions by talking. As she would talk, <laughs> she would get you know, understanding and so forth. Where I had to pull in and be quiet and get understanding, and then I would talk. Does that make sense to anybody? And so you end up what you what end up what ends up happening is, of course, if I was trying to get him to talk, that just made him get all the quieter. Which you know, it just got worse and worse. And then, of course. Uh, well, I'm sh well, I can't yeah. think of what the reverse is. But what, you, what we do opposite just ends up being kind of all the worst. But now, I understand he needs time to think. And <clears throat> usually, don't even require answers immediately. Um, and so if, if he doesn't, because he doesn't always answer me. I'll ask a question and I don't get an answer. And so, tell them about the pregnant pause. Which still happens. They're usually shorter, but... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, so, yeah, so there was a minister who came to our church some years ago, so this is back when Jeff was so quiet. Well, you know, when you're talking to somebody, generally they respond, right? Usually, somebody responds. Not necessarily. And so this, one of the speakers got up, and she was, uh, she's just great great person and she gets up and she's talking and she, I don't know how she expressed it but she got up and talked about it and then of course with your pastor, Pastor Jeff there's this 17 second there's the 17 something like that, 17 second pregnant pause and everybody went yeah we know what you're talking about because you know you would say something to him and he's just looking at you or whatever and there's no response and I know I had people ask me about that, they would, they would think like if we went to dinner yeah. at somebody's house and you hadn't responded they would, that people would ask me, is he mad at us? And I'd go, no, he's not mad at you, he's just thinking. Or like if we're sitting at a table, <clears throat> I say, I'm from an Italian family and everybody talks at once. Would you agree? Yep, yep, 
Everybody just talks at once. And I didn't even realize that because I moved away from home at 22 and moved out here. So I wasn't around them anymore. And it wasn't until about maybe 15 years ago we were back with all of them for some reason. And everybody in the room was all talking at once. And nobody cared that everybody was talking at once. It was just the way you do it. Well, I didn't realize that was part of the reason I was the way I was. And uh, that helped to understand that, that there are some people who all talk at once. And I'm primarily German and Scandinavian sort of thing. And so... And far more polite. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) But I can't... No, I can't talk all at once. I I have to listen. And then I look for a place to to make my point. And then I want you to listen to me. And I want you to acknowledge my point. And then let's keep going in the conversation. That's important to me. So if the conversation keeps, if somebody says something to him and he's trying to think of his answer and, and we don't wait for him to give his answer and everybody starts talking again, well, then he'll never give his answer because yeah. everybody just picked up the conversation. Yeah. So anyway, we've been working through those social yeah. aspects of me not dominating conversation so that he doesn't even have room right. to think and give and his answer. And me answers. inserting myself. Yes, and you uh, have into the conversation the and stepping up. Yes, right. Yeah. yeah. And we've gotten much, much better. Much better. Yeah. You know, a lot of these things we've gotten much better, and I was thinking as we were preparing, really just have maybe happened in the last 10 to 15 years. I really think we spent, we've been married 40 years this past September. <laughs> we survived. And, <laughs> yeah. But I really think it was 20 to 25 years worth of buttonheads and and not figuring this stuff out. And, you know, you get defensive about it. Even if you try to... T- Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, come on. And, you know, you get defensive. You know, if you bring it up, and, of course, the subject comes up again and again and again, then you're just defensive as soon as it, as it comes up. Well, that's not productive, right? But you've got to figure out what to do about that. I think it's just been in the last 10 to 15 years that we've really seen a lot of this accepting our differences and working with who each other is and it's and recognizing it's good it's okay and making mm-hmm. the best of it mm-hmm. Amen. now this isn't a difference but a couple of years ago I said to him what are you doing he's doing something like this all he was I don't know it does it wasn't brushing his teeth he wasn't brushing his teeth when he was doing this can, can, <laughs> can you make that face do you know even know how to do it he it, it's anything he did it's putting on his clothes on his hair, he's. <laughs> yeah, it and it was getting worse and worse. Every little thing he did was, and I was going, you know, does that help you to get that done? And he, <laughs> I we have a we put up a security camera this year. Uh, at home, it's a couple of them in different places, and uh, so I was watching some footage. And I was... Because uh, as he had the security camera going up, of course, you could yeah. see him putting yeah. it up. You know? So it, it was up here, and I was cleaning the porch, cobwebs and so forth. So I was vacuuming, and I was going... <laughs> and I saw it in the security camera. I didn't know I was doing it. I saw it in the security camera. I thought, man, that looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so... I can't remember if you've done that while you're preaching or not. If you've you've ever seen seen me do that, it's just so totally subconscious. I don't even know I'm doing it, and it really looks dumb. (laughs) So just mention it and say, that's a good question. Does that help you? Just (laughs) ask ask me, does that help you get that done? 
just ask me that, and I'll know immediately what you're talking about. I'm working on stopping it. You're doing a really good job. You're doing it very, almost Not never as much. compared to what you used to do. Not as much. <laughs> so I've been working on different facial expressions that I can use. Like when I catch myself doing it, I think about, well, okay, so what am I doing with my mouth and why am I doing it? So what if I'd like stuck my tongue out <laughs> at the, and just licked my lips? Or... Is that why you've been licking your lips in sermons? I've been wondering why you did that. <laughs> have y'all seen him lick his lips in sermons? She has. Nope, they have. Uh-oh, okay. We found another one. Poor guy. You're on yeah, the spot. Yeah, so pray for me. <laughs> but, but these are differences that we learn, you know, about each other and actually they become they become that that beautiful thing that that bonds us together that actually if they weren't there anymore we'd miss you're not going there are you no, no. <laughs> about what we'd miss no, no. okay no. good no. No, not. although I have told him if I if I'm telling I have told him if I die first, because I'm quite sure he'll get remarried, he has to have a picture of me, a great big portrait of me on the ceiling in the bedroom. <laughs> you did? First, so, so would you all please be going sure to go check our house after I die and make sure it's there? Ed, will you make sure it gets up there? Thank you, Ed. <laughs> In First Peter, Peter talks about the relationship between husbands and wives. Some come away from reading that with an Egalitarian, 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 egalitarian. It's also something I'm working on. I was learning to speak. Oh, then there's that. Oh, I was going to tell a story about that. So, <laughs> right in the middle of scripture. Oh, you're being serious. Okay, so, so, <laughs> so, I wonder how many, I'm wondering, Ed, if you were there, Cynthia, Linda, Bob, maybe you were there when this happened. I can't remember. It was at the Cathedral of Praise. It had to be in the 90s. And back then, he was, he was far more serious and far more purposeful and, uh, and, and definite. And, 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 and he's always been a wonderful teacher. He taught more than he preached. He preaches more than he preaches now more. But... Uh, anyway, he, as you may have noticed, just last Sunday when he was trying to read those Old Testament names and he, he changed them to like Mark and Fred or something instead of reading the Old Testament name, because he has a very, there's just something in, as smart as he is, there's something in his brain that cannot get these words out. He can't roll his R's. When we're in Finland, they roll their R's. He cannot roll his R's. He can't, you know, so, you know, Italian, Spanish, he cannot roll his R's. He cannot seem to pronounce certain words. I don't know what that is. So, <clears throat> he, we were, uh, and, and, and he was far more serious back then. People did not know him as lighthearted as you are now. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's true. And so he's preaching along, it and was, I do not know what word it was. It was a good sermon. It, I was into it. He's preaching along. I don't know what the word was. But whatever it was, you pronounced it incorrectly. And about half the congregation simultaneously out loud corrected him. 
Now, you've heard me correct him many times, right? I'm trying to help him out. My, my, and, 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 but about half the congregation must have tried to... Tried yeah, I was so taken because I was right in the middle of it and I was making these points and I mispronounced this word. or Whatever it was. And all of this, all of a sudden, feedback. And I just stood there. And all of a, it just kind of went quiet. I, it went totally quiet because I was trying to find myself. And then I went... Well, excuse me. <laughs> so that was kind of the end of the service. <laughs> Nobody had ever seen me or heard me be like that or do something like that. So it was so uncharacteristic. You probably broke your... Yeah. Helped you to get free, honey, yeah. so that we now have the man that we see. Gradually got the man that we see today. Yeah. Amen. Oh, that's true. So when you read First Peter chapter 3 about husbands and wives, you will come away with one of two interpretations, generally speaking. Egalitarian or complementarian. Egalitarian, um, believing that we are very much equal as husband and wife, male and female. And while there might be some differences functionally, we, we celebrate our togetherness, we celebrate our equality. Others will read that with a very hierarchical view of God. God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of man, man is the head of the woman. And the woman is to submit and find her place and so forth. When you read 1 Peter 3, you could come away with that. Unless you apply yourself to biblical study, and look at original languages and read from other translations and not just King James. So I was taken this morning as we were wrapping up some of our thoughts and some of the things we wanted to share with you. And I wanted to share a scripture or two. And I was looking. And I, I dipped back into this, what is a very uh, poignant passage about marriage and husbands and wives and differences. And here's what the message translation says. And um, mess, what's the gentleman that wrote the message? Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. Peterson. Eugene, Peterson. Eugene Peterson. Pastor's pastor. A pastor's pastor. Great church. He penned it and translated it this way. But in the new life of God's grace... You are equals. See, if we're going to live out of the old covenant, many things you read in the New Testament are going to be colored by an authoritarian structure. And so when there's differences between you, especially as a husband and wife or in ministry, it's going to be very hard to navigate those. To compromise, to find places of laughter and joy... And, and just let up a little bit. If everything has to be just so. Jesus said this. They began to argue amongst themselves about who would be the greatest among them. And Jesus told them, In this world the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they're called friends of the people. But among you... It will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank. 
And the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. Listen, he says, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves. That must have blown his disciples away. And then he washed their feet. <laughs> the king of kings washed their dirty feet. So our testimony, I think, would be that in learning to celebrate differences, it, that's like at the very core of any healthy relationship, not just marriage, but here in our church together as we serve, our, our ministry out into the community as we love people well, learn to love people well, that we are called to serve. We are called first and foremost to love people well and serve, not to assert ourselves. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you this morning for um, the treasure of my wife and all that you have taught me and all that, all the character, your character and presence that has developed in my life because of our differences, because of who she is. And I thank you for bringing us into the hour that you have where we celebrate the differences more than we ever have. And we're learning to be a servant to one another. In your grace, we're learning that really we're equal. Lord, we pray, the two of us, especially this morning, for the rest of all who are hearing, including those who are watching over the internet and video. And we pray for you. We, we, we do not pray that God would remove the differences. We pray that God would give you discernment and a greater awareness of his presence to celebrate those differences and to allow the Holy Spirit to build into you and your character the very servanthood, love, and heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Jesus.